This is IGN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is IGN. Here's your IGN movie review of Asteroid City by Jordan Hoffman. Wes Anderson is the cilantro of American cinema. Obviously, any movie, and the same can be said for a book, a song, a painting, whatever, comes down to, well, either you like it or you don't. But with Anderson, a filmmaker whose aesthetic is so distinctive that one can purchase one of several publications devoted to places and things that look like they come from an Anderson film but don't, is essentially an acid test. Like the controversial herb often found on tacos, it's either a heck yeah or oh lord, that makes me sick at this point. I am and always have been in the heck yeah Wes Anderson camp. I respect the attention to detail, busy choreography, the sudden shifts from antic humor to achingly raw emotion, the deep in the crates needle drops, and occasional bursts of mild violence. Asteroid City, Anderson's 11th feature, is a wonderful example of his strengths. As with the Grand Budapest Hotel, this is a story within a story within a story, but also mixes mediums with a kind of dream logic. Ostensibly, it's a behind-the-scenes look of a you-are-there type reenactment series, as was popular in the early days of television, focused on the life of a playwright named Conrad Earp, played by Edward Norton. But to be clear, we're watching Norton play someone playing Earp. Just wait, it'll get more confusing. Using this as a play as a justification, perhaps, Anderson, his production designer, cinematographer, costume department, and performers slam their feet on the accelerator. Every shot is an absurdly fussed-over diorama, with nary an eyelash out of place. It looks like it took forever to get right, but it pays off because it's all done exceptionally well. So what about the story? Of course, the play within the TV show within the movie, that is. Well, it's about a group of young genius stargazers who visit an isolated spot in the middle of the desert where, other than the 60-cent hamburgers, the only thing worth looking at is an asteroid. But while the kids, who come off like a mix of campers from Moonrise Kingdom with the youngest generation of Royal Tenenbaums, are there, something very Sputnik-era happens. No spoilers, but it involves Jeff Goldblum doing some out-of-this-world body movements. And that's still not what Asteroid City, the movie, not the play or the TV show, is really about. As with The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou and The Darjeeling Limited, this is a poignant story about someone facing his own grief. Our lead this time is Jason Schwartzman as Augie Steenbeck, a newly widowed war photographer with a precious son and a set of very funny triplets. His late wife's father, a very Bill Murray-esque Tom Hanks, with whom he doesn't exactly see eye to eye, comes to visit. They communicate with a deadpan frankness that is completely absurd, but weirdly touching. Hanks is clearly filling in for a role typically played in an Anderson film by Murray, but still makes the part his own. The otherworldly incident everyone experiences shifts their perspective, but also doesn't. They know they should be wowed, but quickly get back to their typical neurotic obsessions. There are a million other characters, too, like Scarlett Johansson as a movie star, Maya Hawke as a schoolteacher, Jeffrey Wright as a by-the-book army general, Rupert Friend as a singing cowboy, 
Steve Carell as a prospector slash motel owner, and many, many more. Everyone is good, including Matt Dillon, who shows up for a hot minute. And what's fun is you can argue later about which small role was your favorite. I was particularly keen on one of the tight stargazers who refused to pay attention in class. But keep in mind these are characters within the play, and, at times, we see the actual actors, too. Things fold in on themselves during a very touching scene in which Schwartzman, so assured during his audition, approaches Brody when he realizes that he doesn't actually understand the play. This, like Ben Stiller telling Gene Hackman it's been a really hard year at the end of the Royal Tenenbaums, is one of those classic Wes Anderson pulls the rug from you moments. Those who level accusations that he's merely a director with cool symmetrical framing and consistent fonts aren't paying attention. That's not to say he's infallible. Compare this to Anderson's most recent picture, The French Dispatch, which was far too meandering in its short story collection approach. It looked incredible naturally, but it failed to punch me in the gut. Asteroid City has no such failings. All this fussiness, both in the design and story structure, does have, I feel, a higher purpose. There isn't a trickle of melancholy in Anderson's best work. There's a river. It's just wearing a lot of makeup. Most of his movies, Rushmore, Life Aquatic, and Moonrise Kingdom, for instance, end with a vibe of, we're going to get through this together somehow, set to a perfect musical accompaniment. The Grand Budapest Hotel, focused as it is on the rise of fascism, did not offer as much hope. Asteroid City is similarly disquieting. Arthur C. Clarke famously said, Two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. Most storytelling making further inquiry on this topic has led to adventure or fantasy, not confusion and despair. In Asteroid City, Wes Anderson has done the latter, but in a deceptively hilarious way, and with all the visual flair one would expect from this veteran auteur director and such a large cast of renowned actors. It's one of the best movies he's made. Asteroid City opens in theaters June 16th. Thanks for listening. My name is Tony Jackson, and for all the latest movie reviews, check out IGN.com. Spoken Layer Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.